Welcome everyone to episode 3 of Ohio Unsolved. I am pleased to announce that our Facebook group is now over 300 people strong and it's still growing. I can only hope that this podcast will keep growing too. I for one know that there are many options out there for you to listen to. And if you're choosing to listen to me, I'm eternally grateful for that. I've enjoyed these last few weeks working on this podcast. Each episode takes me days to complete, from research and typing of my script to recording and editing the episode. Now, I have some ideas for merchandise that I'm currently working on. So if anyone would be interested in an Ohio Unsolved t-shirt, please let me know in the group. Now, today's episode is going to be a little different from the last two. I only have one story for you, but I also found some really creepy and disturbing 911 calls. I haven't had much time to work on the episode this week due to my day job, and I'm also hard at work on next week's episode. Next week will be Ohio Unsolved's special Halloween episode. Halloween and all things spooky is my absolute favorite, so I want to make sure the Halloween episode is extra spooky and special for everyone. Now... Let's get to why you're all here. In today's first story, we're heading to Bel Air, Ohio, to the haunted Bel Air house. So sit down, lock those doors and windows, and get ready for Ohio Unsolved. is a village in Belmont County, Ohio. It sits right on the Ohio River and borders West Virginia. The house was built in the 1800s by Jacob Hetherington, who owned all the coal mines in the area. He also worked in the coal mines with his employees and his best friend Jack, a mule. The old nursery rhyme, The House That Jack Built, was about the mule and him helping him build his mansion and coal mine business. The house itself sits on what is known in the paranormal world as a ley line, which basically means a constant stream of spirits and other paranormal activity passing through, and sometimes they stay put in the house. The house was built on top of a coal mine, and many people were killed in and around it. There is a Native American burial ground directly behind the house. In 1947, a woman named Lyde Hetherington died from a heart attack in the Bel Air house. Shortly after her death, her brother Edwin asked for some mediums to come to the house to try to make contact with his sister. While attempting to contact his sister, they unknowingly let other spirits into the house, including one demonic spirit that disguises itself as a young girl named Emily. 
Over the years after the seance, the house was bought and sold by many families that were just too afraid to continue to live in the house. After the current owner, Kristen Lee, started to experience paranormal things herself in the house, including being shoved many times and even her dog being thrown across the room, she began to rent the house out to paranormal investigators and anyone brave enough to spend the night in this house from hell. It costs only $500 a night at the Bel Air house. There's also a list of rules everyone must follow if they dare spend the night in the demon house. Some of the rules include no drugs or alcohol use before or during your stay, no Ouija boards, urns, mirrors, or rituals of any kind, and absolutely no opening or closing of any portals whatsoever. If you're brave enough to book a night for yourself at the Haunted House, you can do so on their web- website, belairhousetours.com. If anyone does decide to go and stay there, I'd love to hear about any experiences that you may have. Now, this next part of the episode is going to mostly be actual 911 call audio. I found four calls that I'm going to play for you. And before I do, I must warn you that all four calls are very disturbing. One involves a kidnapping, two of them are shootings, and the last is some kids throwing rocks off an overpass onto the highway. So if you end up skipping this part of the show, I hope to have you back next week for our very first Halloween special episode. The first 911 call I have for you is a 14-year-old girl who shot her father for unknown reasons, and this is the call that she made. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Hi, the address is... Yes, Ohio. Okay, what's going on there? Can somebody tell me? Okay, I need to know what's going on. I'm sorry. What's going on? At Can somebody come and put me in handcuffs? Why? I just showed my dad. What? I just showed my dad. You just did what to your dad? I just shot him. You just Please. shot your dad? Okay. Where's your dad? He's in the bedroom. Okay, what's your name? Okay. And it's Right? Yes, and my mom is at work. Your mom's at work? <laughs> okay. And your dad is in the bedroom? Oh, yes, I'm all sorry. <laughs> Where did you shoot your dad? In the head? Where's the gun? It's in the bedroom. Not you don't have it. Bedroom. No, it, I don't it's have it. It's in the same bedroom. Time. What? It's in a different bedroom. Which bedroom is it in? It's in the bedroom across from him, where we keep the guns. Please, 
Okay, I've got people on the way, okay? You don't you do not have the gun, right? No, I don't. Okay, where are you? I'm outside by the truck. Outside by the truck? What happened? I don't know. You don't know what happened? You just shot him? What? I I don't know. The second 911 call I have for you is a woman babysitting two boys who calls the police after one of the boys supposedly shoots his older brother with a gun from inside the house. 911, mercy emergency. <laughs> what is the address here again? Something terrible has happened. I'm babysitting two kids. What's the address? 995 Alden Drive. 995 what? Alden Drive. Oh, my God. I think he is not even alive. Okay, Melvin oh Drive? No, Alden Drive in Streetsboro. Alden? 995? Yes. Alden Drive in Streetsboro. What's going on there? I don't know. He's bleeding. I was... I Who's bleeding? Blood. There's blood everywhere. The little boy that I'm watching, he's a lavender unit. Nine nine five Alden Drive. Nine nine five Alden. I have a female on the line stating there's blood everywhere. She doesn't think the child is alive. Blood's pot coming out please of his throat. Please hurry. Are there any weapons around? I don't know. Okay, can you check for me? Are there any weapons around? Elijah. The other boy that's here, he's, okay. I don't know where he's at. Okay, how old is the... He's 11. Please hurry. I don't he's 11? Yes. Okay. I smell like... When was the last time you saw him when he was okay? When he went to bed at 8.30 and his brother went to bed at 9. Please hurry. Ma'am, we're already on the way. I'm just trying to get as much information as I can. Can you check to see if he's breathing? Yes. Oh, my God, I don't think so. Oh, he's got blood just pouring out of his mouth. Okay. I don't think he's breathing. Okay, can you check to see if you can feel any air coming out of his nose or mouth or feel a pulse? I don't feel air anything. Okay. And you last saw him just an hour ago? Oh, hurry, I think he might still be breathing. There's water. No, about 8.30. What time was it? It's 9.30. 8.30. Okay. What do you think he hurt himself on? I have no idea. He's got a hole in his neck. A hole in his neck? Yes, please. Okay, do you see? here. Do you, ma'am? My phone's about to go. Okay, they're on the way. I'm going to stay with you. She's saying there's a hole oh in an 11-year-old child's neck. There's blood everywhere. I'm trying to figure out if, what happened. Do you see a gun or a knife or anything, I ma'am? I don't. I don't, but something smells like maybe gunpowder. I don't know. Okay. Are there any weapons known to be in the house? Not that I know of. Okay. I heard a pop, and I ran back here, and... The other boy came out and said, what was that? And I ran in here. He got me. It's in his chest. Please hurry. He's still alive. He's moving. He's moving? Can you try to give him, yes. can you try to give him chest compressions? I can. <sighs> yeah. I don't think he, will it hurt him if he's still breathing? There's blood on the One, two, three, 
4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Okay, what's going on now? One, nothing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-three, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. How long do I wait for this to get this compartment? The officer's pulling onto the street right now. Okay, um, I got unlock the door. Is he still? You got what? I have to unlock the door. I don't know where his brother went. Okay, is his brother in the house? No, he was, but he's gone. Okay, and he's nine years old. The boy's eleven. The other one's thirteen. One, two, three, four, five, six. She's trying to do CPR. She's also saying there's a nine-year-old child that was in the house, and now he's gone. She doesn't know where he went. Nineteen, twenty, one, and two, and three, and four. Oh my God! Happy. The officer's pulling up right now. Oh, I got a little man. Are the doors unlocked so they can get in? Come in here this way, please. He's 11 years old. I don't know where his brother went. I heard a pop. And there's blood in his chest. I was just giving him confessions. Can I get off the phone with you? Yeah, now? talk to the officers. Was just Our third call is from a woman who's been kidnapped by a man and held hostage in an abandoned house. But this one thankfully does have a happy ending. 911, what is the address to your emergency? I just lost street laundry mat. What is it? Fourth Street laundry mat. What's the problem? I've been exhausted. But you're at the laundromat? No, I'm I'm in the bedroom with them. You don't know what color the house is? No. Please hurry. Does he have a weapon? He's got a taser. Are you injured? A little. Is there any way you can get out of the building? I don't know without waking him and I'm scared. Is there a bathroom in the house? Well, his bedroom is closed and he made it so it would make noise. And if you told me how to go to the bathroom, he would do something to you? Yeah, because he had me tied up. Are you tied up now? Well, I... Yeah, but I kind of freed myself. Oh, shit, I woke him up. You can shut the phone down. Are you still there? I'm a stalker. What? I'm a stalker. Can you get out of the house? Locked. It's locked. Are you at the door? Yeah, I am. She's at the door. Is there a window there? Yeah, I'm looking out and they tell him to come back. She said to hurry, hurry. She said to hurry up and come back. Wow, wow. hurry up, hurry up. Get out here. Where is he? That room's sleeping. That room's sleeping? Yeah. Okay, they have her. The final 911 call that I have for you is the most disturbing in graphic. There were some kids throwing rocks off of an overpass onto the highway, 
and one unfortunately struck a car and crashed through the windshield. Listener discretion is advised on this one. Oh my gosh, something right through the windshield. Hi, uh, we're, I'm on the highway, uh, Route 80. Something just came through my windshield and it hit my wife and I think it went right through her head. Oh my God. Can you please get, get, can you get an ambulance where, somewhere? Where, can you track this phone? Where on Interstate 80 are you? Oh, oh my God. What? Are you going east or westbound? Uh, we, we're going uh, uh, west. You're going westbound? I'm sorry, what are you driving, sir? Pardon? What are you driving? What what did you say, sir? What kind of vehicle are you driving? Oh, we we are in a, a, a oh, uh, we are in a Rogue, a Nissan Rogue, pulled off on the left hand side. This this is bad. Okay, what what is what color is your vehicle? Something came right through the windshield, sir. I understand what. What color is your vehicle? I, and you know what, sir? I, I cannot hear you. What color is your vehicle? It's black. Okay, do you have the four ways on? Uh, uh, hold on here. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on here. Uh, yes, I do now. Okay. There's a big, uh, there's a rod that came in. She is grasping for her life. Okay, what is your name, sir? My name's Randy Bud. The phone number you're calling. Oh my God, half her brain's gone. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is there anybody else in the car with you? Yes, uh, my daughter. My daughter was driving. We, all of a sudden, there's an explosion. A rock went right through the windshield and hit, and hit her right in the head. <laughs> okay, how old's your wife, sir? Pardon, my, my wife. My wife is 53. 53. Okay. All right, sir. We're gonna send some help up there to you. Okay. In the meantime, try okay. not to move your wife. Don't don't touch anything. And we're gonna get some help for you. Yeah. Okay. We won't touch anything. Did uh? Don't, don't touch anything, mom. Uh. Did uh? So, so you you have us located? Yeah, I I know where you're at. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I don't know if I'm going to do any more of these calls after today, unless people like this kind of thing and want to hear more. Let me know in the Facebook group if you would like to hear some 911 calls again sometime in the future. Now, the last story that I have for you today is our very first listener story. It comes from a good friend of mine named Greg, so let's just jump into his story. It was a warm night around May of 2017. I was a junior in high school, hanging out with my brother Jesse and our friends Joe and Adam. We stepped outside to hang out for a bit and to take a break from playing video games. Joe was playing the air guitar, eyes closed, really going at it. Adam was goofing around, playing the air drums, Jesse was playing the air bass, and I was just kind of standing there. Something didn't feel right, but we were all laughing and having a good time. Something was off with this night. There were woods behind Joe's house, and we were right on the tree line. I was facing Joe. Jesse and Adam were facing each other, so I was the only one who could see what was happening behind Joe. A huge, dark shadow appeared out of nowhere, sort of in the shape of a panther. It was so strange. I grabbed Joe's arm, and he was the closest to me. 
He saw my face and followed my eyes. I had to be pale as a ghost. We watched the shadow move closer and closer, getting within about 15 to 20 feet of Joe. At this point, Jesse and I are shaking, breathing heavy and sweating. Joe and Adam still have no idea what is going on around them. I look at Jesse and we are making a plan with our eyes to run for the basement door on the back of the house. At this moment, Jesse directs my attention up to the trees, silent as ever. I look up and there's a white, ghost-like figure hovering in the trees above the shadowy figure. With no hesitation, Jesse pushes me towards the house and we take off running. It was about a 60-foot run. We glance back and Adam is right behind us. We get to, to the steps leading down to the basement and peer over the top step. Joe's eyes are still closed. We yell, Joe! He turns around, sees the figure leap towards him and makes a run for it. He makes it to us and the figure disappears into the woods. We look up and the white figure in the trees is gone as well. We went back through those same woods hundreds of times after that night. We've tried day and night, rain or shine, but we've been unable to find any trace of anything, even a footprint. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Please share this podcast with all your friends and family to help us grow so I can continue to do this for everyone. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a comment and review to help spread the podcast to others who haven't found us yet. And make sure that you come back next week for our first official Halloween special. I'm working extra hard on this episode to make sure it's extra spooky for everyone. Alright everyone, make sure to lock your doors and windows and stay ready for Ohio Unsolved.